Um, if you have your 40 days of prayer journals with you, um, on page 91 is a place for you to write some notes, if that is how you'd like to um, remember some things for the week to come. Ah, here we are. Well, hello. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm going to be talking today uh, about a multi-dimensional God. Um, that might freak a lot of you out, uh, but don't worry, I'm not going to go into astrophysics or, or any sort of uh, in-depth mathematics. I'm, I'm not that inclined. I know Josh Pate might be thinking, oh yes, multi-dimensional God. Are we going to go interstellar on this? But no, we're not going to go there today. But we are going to be talking about a multi-dimensional um, God. And the first way that we can see God um, is that we can actually see God in his creation. And I think for me personally, this is one of the most clearest ways that I personally can see God. I can see God in, in just the beautiful creation of the leaves and the trees and, and the animals that roam the earth. And, and uh, I don't know about you, but if you've ever watched any of the David Attenborough series, like Life on Planet Earth, like any of those, like the Deep Blue, all of those ones that he's done, they're like phenomenal. They like blow my brain cells every time I watch them because the cinematography and and the the months of like delving deep through forests to try to get you know this tiny little thing that just appears once a month or something it's amazing and I, I just I can't not see God in that in that creation that he so elegantly transferred. Um, this is his new and latest one, uh, David Attenborough, A Life on Our Planet. It's recently been brought out onto Netflix. I watched it the other day, it is extremely good. I would strongly recommend all of you to watch it. Um, it's just a great op option to sort of see what God has created. Um, there's heaps of them on Netflix, so it doesn't really matter which one you watch, they're all fantastic. Um, it's just a brilliant way of seeing God as a multidimensional God because he is just everywhere on this planet, whether it's the, the lowest seas to the highest mountains, he is there. And, and we can just so clearly see it with the wonderful technologies that we have today. And it's really clearly said in, uh, in Romans as well, Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen in what has been made so that men are without excuse. And that just speaks so clearly for me. I, I go, yeah, that is, that is very, very true. One of my favorite books in the Bible, you're probably thinking this is a bit of an odd book to have as your favorite, but it is. Um, it, it is Job. And Job really wrestled with a lot of this uh, as he was going through quite difficult suffering and, and trials. But I just loved how he described it. Can you fathom the limits and bounds and the greatness of the power of God. The sky is no limit for God, but it lies beyond our reach. God knows the world of the dead, but you do not know it. God's greatness is broader than the earth and wider than the sea. Isn't that just so true? And we can see that. Tower of Babel, they're trying to reach up to the skies. People you know, trying to send spaceships up to explore. We're still trying to reach out, still trying to see God's creation. But it also speaks there that God knows the world of the dead. So we start seeing that God is not just part of the world that we can see here, not the tangible things that we can touch and feel and see with our own eyes, but he's part of a world and a spiritual world and a dimension that we can't even see, that we can't even fathom. And we won't even be able to see that until we pass away. The second way we can see God as a multidimensional God is that 
we can actually see that through the incarnation of Jesus, his son. John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became a human being. Okay, God became a human being and lived among us. We saw his glory and he was full of grace and truth. He came down. God incarnate came down into Jesus and was here on this world. Fully God and fully man all at the same time. The most profound thing that could have ever happened in the human history. That God incarnate came as a human being in his son Jesus. I think that's so cool because we get to see and the disciples got to saw that tangible that tangible proof of God. And we can see him as a, as a, a way of living um, our lives today. But we also see that it's, he's multidimensional in, in what it says in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we actually start seeing that Jesus and God are outside of time. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then that means that he is outside of what we understand as time. Because I don't know about you, but tomorrow I'm going to be a different person. Whether it's one less hair on my head or, you know, whatever. I'm going to be a different person. And you're going to be a different person. But Jesus isn't. He's going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's outside of that dimension that we know as time. And the third thing we couldn't miss out on the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And we can see how the Holy Spirit moves. And I love how uh, the author of The Shack, I don't know whether you've read that book, um, he describes the Holy Spirit as wind. And we can also see that in John. I'll read that out in a second. But like as in the wind, we see it blow through the trees and over these rainy days, I don't know if you've had a chance to look outside and just enjoy the what's been happening. You might think it's a bit... Like, oh, it's sad. I don't know. I just love the rain. Um, but yeah, as, even as I look out the windows now, I can see the trees moving. It's like, I don't know where the wind's going to blow it. I don't even know where wind starts. Have you ever thought about that? Like, where does wind start? Like, is, it, is it the waves? I don't know. Some signs. Some come and explain to me afterwards. I have no idea. But yeah, it's just amazing. John 3, 8. I'm getting distracted about how cool it is, the wind. Uh, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you don't know where the wind comes from or where it is going. That's the way it is with everyone born of the Holy Spirit. There's no point trying to hide. Or there's no point trying to hide from the wind. Like we, we have buildings that can protect us, but there's no point trying to hide from God because he is outside of all the things that we can understand. There's no point trying to hide. He's going to find you. So what does all that mean? If we have a multidimensional God who's outside of time and outside of what we understand here, what does that actually mean? Well, it means that if we have a multidimensional God, that we and myself, we are never alone. We are never going to be by ourselves. We are never going to be too gone, too far to the left, too far to the right, too deep into our sadness, too high on the mountaintops when, we're in, when they're happy to be able to separate ourselves from the love of God. We're never alone. The psalmist said this so great. You'd be familiar with this psalm. Psalm 139. Where could I go to escape from you? Where could I ever get away from your presence? If I went up to heaven, you'd be there. If I lay down in the world of the dead, you'd be there. If I flew way beyond the east, 
or lived in the farthest place in the West, you'd be there to lead me. You'd be there to help me. I could ask the darkness to hide me, but even the darkness is not dark for you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. It's beautiful. I love how it's put in that, in that um, psalm. So how do we look into, we've been looking at prayer. What are we, what are we looking at? I'm going to hopefully give you five like easy steps to make this all sort of come together in a nice bundle for you. The first step that we're going to do, if we're praying in multidimensional, we're going to pray in multi-different ways, okay? The first step that I want you to do is I want you to look back towards the cross. We've actually already done that. We've done that in our reflection of communion. We look back and we, we look at what Jesus has done in our lives. That's where we start. 1 Peter uh, 1, 18 to 19. God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. If we are praying, we need to be able to start with looking backwards. And what the cross reminds us of is that God loves us deeply, each and every one of us. But it also tells us that how costly our evil ways and our sin is, and that we can ask for forgiveness for that. But we can also come and know that we are completely forgiven. So we're going to look back to the cross. Second thing is we're going to look up. We're going to look up to the Father's face. Romans eight fifteen to seventeen. You should not act like uh, sorry. You should not act like cowering, fearful slaves, since God's Spirit has adopted you as children into God's family. Instead, by His Spirit, we simply cry out, "Abba, Father," and God's Spirit affirms that we really are His children. And since we are now God's children, we are also heirs with Christ, and we will share both in His suffering and in His glory. I think it, it puts it a really interesting way there. Uh, it, it says, Abba, Father. Um, we, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We actually hear that being used quite a lot in the New Testament. Father, that word Father. I know we've sp- like spoken briefly about the, the differences between, I know Murray spoke about this in the last couple of weeks, but the difference between our Heavenly Father and our Earthly Father. And I just want to say this because this is something that really impacted me. Um, is a, I couldn't, couldn't put it more plainly than this. Your God isn't your father and your father isn't your God. Let me say that again. Your God isn't your father and your father isn't your God. So regardless of where you're at with your, with your heavenly father or earthly father, it, they're two different things and we need to accept that and we need to understand that. And there's three particular ways that we can talk to God, and it all starts with P, so that makes it nice and easy for us to remember. Is the first way that God wants us to pray to him is he wants us to be personal. He doesn't want us to come and, and you know, skirt over what we're actually feeling in our hearts. He doesn't want us to sort of come and try to put this perfect front up to him and be like, oh yeah, we've got all this together and I'm just going to you know, pray really elegant prayers. And He just wants us to be us. Second thing that he, he wants us to be passionate. 
I don't know whether you've ever gone out to a shop or, or you've been in, in the shops where there's been a, a distressed young child and, and when they're distressed, what do they do? They cry out. They let everyone know what's going on and they're not afraid. They're not thinking, oh, I'm really self-conscious about crying right now. Nope, they don't care. They're going to cry out and they're going to let everyone know what's going on. <laughs> If we're, if we're told to be like children, then we probably should be doing that as well. We should be crying out. We simply cry out, Abba, Father. Be passionate. And he wants a partnership. He wants a partnership with us. He doesn't want it to be something that is one way. It's not one way. When we pray, it isn't like we're praying and then all our prayers go out into the ether and then it just disapparates. It's nothing like that at all. Prayers get answered. Just might not get answered in the way that you want it. So we've looked back to the cross and we've looked up to our Heavenly Father. The next thing is we're going to look inwardly. We're going to look inwardly to see where Jesus is living inside of us. 2 Corinthians 13.5 Examine yourself to see if your faith is real and growing. Test yourself. Remember that Jesus is living in you unless you've failed your test. We need to look to see how Jesus is actually impacting our lives now. What we're going through at the moment in, in youth group is, is we're looking at this whole series of the presence of God. And what we're about to lead up to is where the, the curtain was ripped in two and, and the presence of God wasn't just set in the temple. It's not just in this place. We know that. God isn't just in this place. But that whole ripping of the, of the curtain is actually a representation that God's presence now lives in all of his followers. And we are now walking essentially Jesus's. Well, that's what we should be. That's what we should be aiming for. We are actually the walking epitome of what that is. So we need to be like thinking about that. One of my favorite songs, um, the bridge is really, really great and the lyrics have stuck with me for a long, long time. Um, Lyrics go, I want to take your word and shine it all around. But first, just help me live it, Lord. And when I'm doing well, help me to never seek a crown. For my reward is bringing glory to you. I remember seeing that bridge and going, wow, that's like so profound. Because that's looking inwardly to so others what Jesus is. So we've looked back, we've looked up, and we've looked in. The fourth step in our five steps is we need to look around. We need to look around at what the Holy Spirit is doing for us and what he's doing to prompt us. Because I feel like we should be listening for that, that wind. Romans chapter 6, 13. Give yourself completely to God. Every part of you. Not some parts. Every part of you. Since you've been given a new life. And you want to be used as a tool in the hands of God and used for his good purposes. I, um, I remember riding my bike to school one day and as I was riding along, there was a bin that had fallen over. It was bin night. It fell over the footpath. Um, I didn't think much about it. Just went on the, the grass next to it and kept riding. 
And then randomly, just like Holy Spirit, just like dropped on me. It was like a boom. Nah, get off your bike, go turn around, pick the bin up. And I was sitting there like, what? What's going on? And I was like, I just want to get to work. Like, you know, I'm riding. I'm, you know, I'm getting my sweat on. It's good. I'm like, I'm excited to get to, I don't know. Like, but I didn't want to stop. And so I stopped and I like, I'm like, oh, God, really? He's like, yeah, go pick it up. I'm like, really, really? Like, it's this like legit thing. So I get, I'm being serious. Go pick up the bin. I'm like, okay, fine. So I turn around and I walk back. Rolling my bike. Anyway, I pick up the bin and I put it on the side of the road, close the lid, and I'm riding, riding to work and I'm just sitting there like, what's going on? Why do I need to do that? What's the purpose? Like, that's so silly. It's such a silly little thing. Well, I have no idea. I still don't know today what that could have been. <laughs> so sorry that I can't give you any insight to that. But... <laughs> If I'm gonna if I'm gonna try doing this, and I hope that I'm trying to do this, hope you're trying to do that. If I'm gonna give myself completely over to God in every part to use to be used as a tool, I have to be accept that sometimes it's not gonna make any sense. Yeah. Like, let me hypothesize just a couple of things for you, because I'm like, I've been thinking about it, right? I'm like, oh maybe someone's like, you know, some little old like lady or something was gonna have to like walk around it and twist her ankle and like, you know. And that would have been awful, like, and then because she had to walk around. Like, or maybe, like, the dude's bin, like, I don't know, the guy who was at his house, he walked out and he saw his bin, and that was, like, the one thing that, like, made his day really terrible. He's like, oh, my bin, can't they just, and, like, and then having it up might have made him have a really good day. I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, another, sorry, I know I'm doing lots of personal things, apologies, but the other thing that happened the other day, I was, I was going for a run on Quarry Road, you know, some of you might know it, it's just up here, um, lovely road, really, really beautiful, it's, it's quiet, there's like no cars around, there's barely any people, it's beautiful, if you ever get a chance to walk it or run it, like, go do it, it's beautiful, but it was weird, like, once again, just running and just have this really profound sense of God's presence, and I didn't really know what to do, I'm like, oh, this is a bit weird. God's here. What do I do? I'm running. This is odd. Anyway, so what I decided to is that I'd stop and I just got down on my hands and knees. I just went down and I put my hands on the ground and I did this because that seemed like the most logical thing for me to do at that time. For me to just be in submission, I guess, to what is always there, but just for some reason it was a revelation to me at that time. That it was like, oh, this is something that is actually present that I can, I'm feeling and is tangible. But we need to be looking for those moments. We need to be looking for those moments where the Holy Spirit is using us. And where those little inklings, those little, like, those little moments where God is trying to nudge us into one direction. And we need to be listening to that so we can actually follow those things. Whether they make sense or they don't. And uh, lastly, so we've looked back, we've looked up, we've looked in, we've looked around. We're going to look forward. We're going to look forward in faith to the future. Philippians 1.6 I'm confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will continue to complete it, and, uh, sorry, to complete it until it is finished on the day of Christ Jesus. We have to have faith that God is going to complete a good work. We're going to have to have faith that when we pray something, that God will answer it. 
He might not answer it for 40 years. I've heard stories of that happening. But God is faithful. He will answer your prayers. We just have to be in relationship with him so that we can understand what his answer is going to be. And we need to have faith that we're going to be able to look forward to our future and we can know that all of these prayers that we've been putting in these box, that he wants to talk to you about those. He doesn't want to just hear it. He wants to talk to you about it. And you need to be setting up places where you are able to experience and have, the, have that experience, not just here at church, but in your weeks. And that's going to look different for each of us. So we see, if I, if I can sort of summarize the whole thing, we see that God is a multidimensional God and that we are never alone. And that if we are able to come forward and, and, and do this, if we can pray this in this way that we, we look so we look back and say thank you to Jesus and then we go, okay, what is Heavenly Father doing? And then we look inwardsly to see how Jesus is working our lives. We look at what the Holy Spirit is doing around us and we have hope that he's going to answer our prayers. If we can do that, then we're going to start getting in good rhythms. But I also want to give you a, you know, a bit of a get out of jail free card as it were. If you don't have time to do all those five things and you're sitting there, oh, I can't remember the third one, don't worry about it. That's, not, that's another thing as well. Don't like beat yourself up. If you like, every prayer doesn't need to be this. If your prayer is simply, God, I don't even know what to say, that is also a holy and worthy prayer. And you should pray that. I'm going to ask um, Dan and the worship team to come up and I'm going to pray. So bow your heads as I pray. Dearly Father, thank you that you are a God that is outside of time. Thank you, God, that you are a God that wants to meet us. You want to meet us here and now. Lord, we just want to lift you up and say thank you for that. Lord, as we pray and as we continue to work through our 40 days, I pray that we'll be able to establish new rhythms with you, Lord. New ways of praying. Ways that we can connect better with you. Ways that we can start seeing your Holy Spirit work. And Lord, I just want to pray that each and every one of us will be able to do that today. Lord, I just pray that as we worship, Lord, this will be a great opportunity for us to be able to do that. Thank you, Lord. We really want to just lift up you. Jesus' name, amen. I'm actually going to sing that.